0: Brought to you by Johnston Group, Vittorio Rossi,
1: Trans Canada Brewing, Lou Ferlin,
2: Cambrian Credit Union, and Homefield. everybody, I'm Sean Reynolds from Sportsnet. As you can see, uh, we're starting off the season in style. Ken is right beside me trying to get into the show. We're going to figure this out. Technical difficulties as we usual, including a little bit of a false start on the launch there. That's okay. Don't worry about it. We are just happy as can be to be back uh, and that there's news to talk about and huge news of the day. So let me go through my soliloquy. I'm Sean Reynolds from Sportsnet. About to be joined by Ken Weeb. From the Winnipeg Free Press. That's right, ladies and gentlemen. Some news to get to about Ken and where his. Uh, you will see his work this year. You should be very excited about him and the opportunity that he has. Uh, you know what? I don't think that we need to wait that much longer. Uh, we might as well bring him into the show and he can tell you the news all by himself. Or maybe we won't because I'm getting a call from the other room. So let's just get into why we're here today. The pop-up show for the announcement that Adam Lowry is the new captain of the Winnipeg Jets. Now, this is an interesting one. I think there's a big conversation to be had around this. I will say this. I'll start off by saying this right off the bat. I don't think it is possible to go wrong by naming a player with the moral fabric, the work ethic, uh, the way that he stands up for his teammates. You can't go wrong with Adam Lowry as a captain of the Winnipeg Jets. Um, they've hit a home run with this one, um, but that doesn't mean there isn't things to talk about. There weren't other directions to go into. There were ramifications of this decision. There's a lot happening here, uh, and we're going to get into it. And I think we should get into it with my main man, Ken Weeb. You know him. He's had a great offseason. We might as well check and see if he's had any more hole-in-ones. Let's get to it. Here's a man with the best music in the business. Here comes Kenny. So, Kenny, Adam Lowry wearing the sea was supposed to be the bombshell, but like one, fun, <laughs> one bird, fun bird says they traded Kenny, and it, look, it's all over the place here. Uh, it's, uh, it's, uh, interesting news. Yes, we did trade Kenny. I haven't got my bag of pucks in the mail yet. Uh, still (laughs) waiting on that, but, um, you know what, I'll tell you this, uh, when I got the news from Ken, uh, that he was moving on, that was a hard one for me. Uh, I loved, absolutely loved having Ken as my teammate, um, at, the, uh, at Sportsnet and the <clears throat> way that we were able to work together. Um, but I am absolutely delighted that Kenny and Rennie will continue untouched, uh, it, even with all the changes. Uh, this is my favorite place to hang out with Kenny, although there's some pretty close seconds, you know, some of the restaurants we've been to on the road, so on and so forth. But it's tough to see you go, Kenny, but I love where you landed. I love the opportunity you have ahead of you, uh, and I love that we're still doing what we're doing here.
0: Yeah, awesome. Thanks for the kind words, Sean. I know uh, this was a difficult decision for me, as you know, but uh, yeah, I'll be joining uh, Mike McIntyre with the Jets coverage at the Winnipeg Free Press. Uh, For folks who don't know, my first internship in 1999 was at the Winnipeg Free Press. I spent three months there uh, on the Vince Lee Scholarship, and the following summer after I graduated from the University of Regina, I spent three months on a paternal leave for Paul Wiesick. Uh, covering the Winnipeg Gold Eyes primarily. Uh, That's when Judy Owen uh, took a mat leave of her own at the Winnipeg Sun, and I ended up spending 19 and a half years there, and I always thought I would go back to the free press at some point and Probably didn't think it would take 23 years, but uh, timing is everything, uh, as we say, and, uh, you know, tough, ch- much like the Jets having a tough choice about captain, it was a uh, tough choice for me, but uh, at, at, at my core, I've been a, you know, newspaper person, uh, and even though there's been a transition to that industry, uh, I'm certainly excited to be going back there, I'll be doing a, quite a bit of travel and uh super pumped as well as you know that we're gonna we have the green light on kenny and rennie and um yeah happy to happy to report there may be some uh, opportunities for us to maybe share the microphone uh at sportsnet still too based on a few of the uh, weekend conversations there but uh yeah it, it i won't be writing at sportsnet.ca that's the main uh, main change for folks but yeah thanks for uh carving out a little bit of space and for the folks in the chat room thank you for the support and we're uh, we're still going to be doing what we do and nothing's changing there and uh, we're looking forward to growing and that's why we're doing a pop-up show today with this big news <laughs> and yeah. here, this is perfect here uh, <clears throat> if if we had an eight pack to uh, hand out uh <laughs> uh, this is a perfect one for mall uh, i always thought missed. you had a face for newspaper kenny uh, perfect I missed, one right i, I miss mall I missed yeah them. so did i so did no i doubt.
2: <laughs> No doubt. Um, So let's get uh, and launch right into this right off the bat here. Um, I know that I was on Winnipeg Sports Talk. I was on Topline Media. uh, I had the conversation about this, where it was going. I'll be the first one to say I had expected that it was going to be Josh Morrissey. I don't know what you had thought. Yeah, same. Um, Yep. That was my initial response. I don't think uh, that you can go wrong with Adam Lowry, um, but give me an idea, Ken, uh, of, of your take on this uh, and why you think they ended up landing on Adam Lowry. Yeah, it's interesting, and we had this
0: debate quite a bit last year. And hey, i I'd be the first—we talk about receipts all the time, uh, you know, dating back to last year when Blake Wheeler was removed as captain. I thought that Josh would be the next uh, captain of the Winnipeg Jets, and uh, you know, I just thought that because, uh, especially too, after the season that he had, being a Norris candidate, finishing fifth in the balloting, um, he's just a little bit. Most NHL teams have a little bit more of a high-profile uh, person holding the C and that's to take nothing away from Adam Lowry because I think this just reinforces something that I've been saying to you and everyone else Adam Lowry is not just a checking line player this guy is one of the most important leaders and now the most important leader on the Winnipeg Jets his uh, you know lead by example mantra is one thing uh, but the next thing is that he's always available right Sean this is the one thing that we've seen the Jets have endured a lot of adversity over the last several seasons, whether they've been going well or not, even Adam Lowry personally went through a tremendously long, goalless streak last year. He didn't shrivel up and go into the corner and not talk to people. He was there to talk about it. Uh, you know, Self-deprecation is one of the other qualities about Adam Lowry that we don't discuss outside of all the other important ones when it comes to being a leader on and off the ice. Uh, This guy was the second ever draft pick by the Winnipeg Jets that year. They did not have a second rounder. He was chosen in the third round after Mark Shifley um he's made you know Winnipeg has been his home for his career here um you know he's got roots in the community uh he has three more years left on his contract and i think you know this is an excellent choice uh like i said that's not to say that Josh La- uh, Morrissey wouldn't have been a good choice himself but i do think that in this regard Sean it would be similar i think to last what we saw last year um, Sean uh, what happened with Lau Low- or Morrissey got a little bit uh, wound up a little bit last year um similar to what we saw with Blake Wheeler at times uh, in terms of when things weren't going well. So I think this is actually going to help Josh. Josh is a great leader. He will continue to be a great leader, uh, but I think he's going to be a perfect support staff member for Adam Lowry. Uh, This allows Josh to just focus on continuing to improve as a player. Uh, He will still have a strong voice in that room. And as, sorry, as we mentioned, for those folks who didn't see on Twitter, Josh Morrissey and Mark Scheifele will remain uh, alternate captains for this season, along with Adam Lowry getting the promotion. Uh, I think this is good news for the community, and I think it's it, we'll dig more into this uh, as we move along here, Sean, but I thought that one of the most important lines for Kevin off in his uh, announcement was the ushering in of a new era. And uh, that includes Adam Lowry being named uh, the the next captain, the third captain in 2.0 history. But uh, I think this was was an important choice for the organization. I think last year it was fine to not have a captain. I'm on record saying that. I still agree with that premise. But I do think, much like Rick Bonus kind of admitted in the scrum when you were asking him, I think um, it was time to name a captain. And I think it's important for, you know, for this team to move forward uh, with Adam Lowry as captain, and he will be supported very well, not just by the two letter people wearing the alternate captain A's, but also by people like Nikolai Ehlers, by Brennan Dillon, by Nate Schmidt, by Dylan DeMello, by Mason Appleton, uh, by Neil Pionk, by Morgan Barron, by, you know, the guys that were in attendance. We'll get into that in a moment as well. But yeah, I think this was an important decision, and I think it was, uh, you know, I think, I also love the fact that, uh, you know, that Kevin Sheveldaev kind of admitted there would have been an air of disappointment for both, you know, especially for Josh Morrissey, who quite frankly was one of those candidates that Kevin Sheveldaev talked about. But I think that Josh will handle that well. Uh, Josh is at the NHL Media Tour in Las Vegas, so he knows that he is a critical part of this team and will continue to be a critical part of the leadership group. But uh, I think this is this is a decision that will help all parties involved, including the people who were not named.
2: It it was a great question, by the way, Ken. You were the one who asked about the responses of uh, Mark Shifley and and Josh Morrissey, and when it was turned out they weren't named as captains. Uh, I thought that was an important question to ask. I, I thought it was important that the response was basically there was a level of disappointment involved with these players that they weren't named the sea. And I think those are two things that we should entirely get into. You know, those will be two of the biggest premises of our show here uh, as we talk about this today. I do want to go back to the idea and just share my thoughts a little bit. Okay, do your thing. Uh, Of the idea of of why Adam Lowry um, runs gets this responsibility, and it's pretty interesting because I had a conversation with TSN's John Lube before this. I don't want to steal uh, the conversation that we had and bring it into the show here. It's more of an idea of giving giving credit to John where I can. the idea of of what went down the stretch here. I I take a look at this and I think last year, and I'm on the record of saying this, I think that Josh Morrissey was the captain of the Winnipeg Jets last year for a good two thirds of the season. He elevated his game to a place that we'd never seen him take that game before. Uh, I still remember that game against St. Louis where he scored that goal, turned to the crowd, gave them the, you know, everybody get up. I thought that was him. I thought that was him as a as an, a potential captain, not only trying to get his team going, but at a time where they were at a real low at that time. Josh Morrissey, I thought, just went out with his play, picked up the Jets to the point that he won that game for the Winnipeg Jets, turned to his team and said, let's get going, let's do this, but turned to the fans, to the city, to the organization and said, let's pick this up here. We're dropping, let's try and pick this up. Now what we'll remember is after that happened the Winnipeg Jets still kind of stalled after that. Like it felt like it was one of those turning points in the season that that Josh was trying to say, "Listen, I'm going to be the guy who turns this around. We're going to bury this kind of slump that we've that we've run into and we're going to move on." And that didn't really happen. The response after that was still tepid uh for a while and and down the stretch it was it was Adam Lowry who stepped up, I thought, and dragged the Winnipeg Jets over the playoff line and then showed so extremely well in the playoffs. And I think that that's where he won his captaincy. Now, if I'm the guy who's making this decision, I take a look and I say, okay, we can go with Adam because he did that because he's the guy who got us over the playoff line because he's the guy who elevated his game because he's the guy, and I love this, Ken, that they showed that shot of him walking down the tunnel after his fight with Ryan Reeves in that really intense game towards important game towards the end of the season when they played the wild and he, he didn't have to do it, but he fought Ryan Reeves to essentially say like, we're not backing down from anyone. You can just see the reaction of his teammates at that time. That's a captain right there. You see that. And I do think that that's the moment that he won the captaincy and the big fat, massive cherry, the size of an apple on top of the cake afterwards was how he played in the playoffs. Ken's point in the top line media who says he brought the fan base back from a slippery slope during that moment too. I felt like the moment that stands out most to me last year, I couldn't agree more. And so I think that he won it there, but I do wonder if I'm the guy making this selection, if I'm Rick bonus or if I'm the other players or if I'm Kevin shovel day off. I do wonder about the idea that Josh Morrissey was the guy who I think carried the majority of the weight for the majority of the season last year. And that as the team kind of faltered around him, if he seems we're having some are are you back? You got me, Ken? Not yes, sir. Sh- you got yeah, me. I'm here. Yes, yeah, sorry. Yep. Okay. Sorry. I we're having. A, I know it's the off season. We're in the media center where the the internet is supposed to be working. Maybe a little bit spotty here. And th- that's the one thing that I thought about the situation is uh, while it was Lowry who got them over the line, I do think that that Josh showed in plenty of moments that he was the guy to get them going to, which makes this a really, really hard decision. We'll dive into that, but I go back to it. And I look at that moment where he fought Reeves uh, and, and, and where he went into the playoffs and just continued doing what he was doing. And was so calm throughout the process. Uh, I just really do think that um, uh that, that is where, This race, if you want to call it that was was won by Adam Lowry. And I mean, rightfully so. I just do think that the one thing that you have to kind of tread lightly with this going forward is the idea that Josh Morrissey was very deserving as a captain as well. Um, and that, you know, to the point of the of what Ken was able to elicit uh from Kevin Dayoff, the idea that that there was disappointment. Now, Kevin, let's make this clear. Kevin Dayoff did say that the other players who would have been potential captains for this team, that those other players handled this like true pros. And I don't doubt for a second that Josh Morrissey would have handled this like an absolute pro when he found out that he would not be the next captain of the Winnipeg Jets. But... It was admitted after Ken asked that question that there was some disappointment there. And if I were Josh Morrissey, I think there would be disappointment as well because I don't know what more Josh Morrissey could have done last season to show that he was capable of being the captain of the Winnipeg Jets. Um, This is just one of those things where there was no wrong answer. If we were sitting here talking today about Josh Morrissey being the next captain of the Winnipeg Jets, I think that, that... you'd look at this and say, that's the right answer as well. This this was a question that had two right answers and it's pretty tough to be the wrong answer when you know you were the right answer. And that's why I think this is a tricky situation, Ken. Yeah. I mean, I I have no doubt
0: that Josh is going to handle this perfectly. Uh, He's a consummate pro and yeah, I mean, here's the thing, Sean, if he there'd be a problem if he wasn't disappointed, right? Because that would mean he didn't want to be the captain or didn't earn it, right? So uh, I would say that it, I just think that this is helping. Uh, this is going to be helpful for both parties. Um, yeah, Josh is a guy who has incredibly high expectations. He has a massive role on this team as the top, top defenseman on it. Uh, and I just think that this will give him a little bit of insulation um, in terms of, you know, keeping the he's still going to be speaking to the media a lot he's an insightful guy we're going to go to him a lot not just because he's an alternate captain we've been doing that since he came into the league as a rookie but i just think that uh yeah i just uh, i just think that it's going to be a good move for all parties and and that's you know again of course josh is going to be a little bit disappointed but i just think that uh we saw how much it began to wear on blake wheeler over the years and that's why i'm saying i think it's important for josh because no one wanted to see that kind of emotional toll happen to
2: him if if that makes any sense it it does make sense and you touched on it you'd said that there were some of those moments where um where you could Guy who uh, you know, especially when he was dealing with the media, would often wear his heart on his sleeve. Uh, definitely his frustration on his sleeve, and he wasn't afraid to kind of lash out in the moments where he felt that frustration. And there were some times last year where we saw a little bit of that from uh, from from Josh Morrissey. And it's an interesting thing to kind of explore, Ken. The idea that you said it, Kevin Sheveldayoff made a point of talking about this as being a bit of a new beginning, right? It's clear to me from the conversation uh, that was had between us and Kevin day off that he expects this to move the Winnipeg Jets in a different direction. And the tricky part about trying to find a different direction for the Winnipeg Jets is you've got a team that's basically, for the most part, homegrown, other than new guys like, hey, maybe you want to put the C on Alex Ayafalo. Well, you don't know how he's going to, you know, fit in with this team that you can't go down that road. So basically, what you have to do is you have to take an organization that likes to have its core homegrown. And that means that your homegrown core is very much shaped by affected by your previous leadership group. So if you're taking a look at both Adam Lowry and both Josh Morrissey and, you know, if you're throwing the the other A into the equation there, uh, Mark Scheifele, you're talking about three players who have been very much shaped and affected and molded by Andrew Ladd and Blake Wheeler. And I do think the one thing you take away from the, the Adam Ladd days and the Blake Wheeler days is in the end, they didn't get to where people expected them to get to. And so that means something has to change. And so by changing out your C, you're trying to change out your results. But how much change is going to be there when these players are very much molded by Blake Wheeler and Andrew Ladd? So I guess I ask you this question. Uh, If we take a look and we see Josh Morrissey last year as having had some of those Blake Wheeler moments where he got a little bit annoyed and a little bit bothered and it seemed to weigh on him, kind of the leadership role that he had – which of the, those two players, Ken, do you think would be more likely to take the Winnipeg Jets in the different direction that we seem to hear Kevin Shoveldayoff calling for?
0: Yeah, I mean, I think obviously the, both players were influenced by the people that came the leaders that came before them, and I mean Adam referenced that as well today uh, during his scrum. So, I mean, I just would say this: I just think that um, a couple things. Uh, one of the things that really stood out. Uh, in the conversation with Kevin Cheveldayoff and then Rick Bonus, they made it made it incredibly clear, Sean, that uh, the the respect that Adam Lowry has is not just limited to his own dressing room, right. They both went out of their way to say Adam Lowry has respect around the league and and that comes from uh, not just from from fighting a guy like Ryan Reeves, but like people around the league notice, right? And people around the league noticed Josh Morrissey last year. So uh, in terms of the question, I mean, I would just say that I think that Adam has been in this situation a little bit more over the course of his career. Uh, I mean, I haven't even referenced it. I mean, he was kind of groomed for this. He has, his, his dad was a captain at the National Hockey League level in a Canadian city. Uh, he was a captain in Midget. He was a captain of the Swift Current and Broncos. He was, you know, even as a young player, uh, and I also love this part. Sorry, I'm going on a tangent here, um, but I love the fact that Adam Lowry shouted out Jason Jaffrey in his commentary. And and, like, this is a guy who took influence from a guy that I covered for a long time with the Manitoba Moose, a guy who was an undrafted player that made the NHL uh, was a long time Moose player. Uh, He had a huge impact on guys like Josh Morrissey and Adam Lowry. And the fact that Adam Lowry shouted him out today, that tells you about his journey, right? Adam Lowry, isn't a guy who was, uh, you know, a first round draft pick. So this guy, had to earn it his entire way up went through the minors I can remember the first conversation I had with Adam Lowry at the draft in 2011 in St. Paul Minnesota on the phone he was not at the draft uh, we always hear about the debate about whether you if you're not going to be drafted in the first round should you go should you not go even though his dad played in the NHL Adam chose to stay at home and train rather than go to the draft and ha- have that experience of putting on the jersey on day two but Adam also in this first conversation we had talked about the need to get better as a skater. At 18 years old, he just had the biggest moment of his life getting chosen by the Winnipeg Jets. He already was talking about what he needed to do in order to improve. So to me, again, Josh Morrissey is also embodies a lot of the same qualities, almost all of them. So that's not a it's not a one versus the other type of scenario, but I just think the fact that uh, Lowry has been a little bit more in a leadership position, even though not at the NHL level until the last couple of seasons, uh, I just think that right now this was the right choice for the organization. And I, I think that it would have been fine. The other Adam would have been a great supporter of Josh if Josh had gotten the captaincy. These guys are oh, great yeah. friends. So yes. I, I I know for a fact that Mark Shifley and Josh Morrissey will be supportive of Adam Lowry. In terms of the direction, I, I just think that you, you touched on it. In terms of that, what we saw... This was one of the great things from the behind the scenes that we saw from that video. The reaction of Brendan Dillon of Logan Stanley, who wasn't even playing, every player in that hallway. The reaction to Adam Lowry, and this is not the first time he fought Ryan Reeves. He fought him back a couple, you know, a couple of years ago in Vegas when the Jets were actually playing terribly after they had the ridiculous game in San Jose where they had the needed fifty-one saves from Connor Hellebuck. Um, I just think that. This is the direction the Jets needed to go, but it's not a slight on Josh Morrissey in the least. I think it's an important thing for the organization, and they're moving forward. And uh, Sorry, I know that you highlighted the uh, Top Line Media's question. Mark Shifley hasn't been in town since Sunday. This isn't a, I'm disappointed, I'm mad, I'm leaving, I don't want to be part of this situation. He had yeah. a prior commitment out of town. So uh, for the conspiracy theorists, uh, you know, let's take a deep breath here. It's not quite wake-up territory, but it's. Uh, let's take a deep breath here. And as I mentioned right off the top, Josh Morrissey, the only reason he wasn't here to... He's in Vegas. He's in Vegas for the NHL media tour, uh, and he's talking with the likes of Elliott Friedman and the people that are uh, assembled there. So, um, yeah, I mean, it's going to be super interesting, uh, Sean. I mean, sorry, I, that was a bit of a trip to the buffet. I haven't had one for a
2: while here, so... Uh, covered a lot of ground. I think I answered your question, but uh... you did, you did. And I will say this too. Usually I'll say this as a host of a podcast (laughs) with a really great guy that I work with and an analyst (laughs) at the beginnings of the year. Sometimes you just try to eat everything in one sitting. You're doing a real good job of staying to moderation time right now and not reaching over and eating off of my plate. I think it's absolutely great. Um, I did want to have you. You got me thinking about this. Um, I've been on the record throughout the summer as saying I see the Pierre-Luc Dubois trade. Well, we had talked about this in some of our other pop-up shows. Yep, As the Winnipeg Jets kind of changing the culture of their team and changing their identity. And so if if, if we want an example of this, you go back to 2015. The Winnipeg Jets finally make the playoffs. They get swept. But everyone's thinking, okay, we're back in the playoffs. Here we go. And the Winnipeg Jets as an organization say that was all fine and well, but the way this team is constructed we're not going to win we need to entirely tear it down and build something different and they go for a more kind of skilled look and that what we get out of that is 2018 what we get out of that is players you know they're targeting players like Kyle Connor uh Nick Ehlers um of course well they've had those players in the system before that but the Jets clearly wanted to go in a different direction and have a little bit of a different identity I've said I think that the Pierre Luc Dubois trade marks a change again. So now the Jets have looked and they've thought after all these years, this excess of skill that they've had with you know at one time Patrick Line and then Pierre Luc Dubois and uh, Mark Scheifele and Blake Wheeler and Nikolai Ehlers and Kyle Connor and so on and so forth, that maybe there needs to be an idea of being a little bit harder to play against. Rick Bonus talked about that, and we can get into that a little bit. But yep. I guess what I'm saying is I take a look at that pierre Dubois trade as the Jets saying, we're changing things out. We're trying to be a harder team to play against. And I think that's smart because I've said this before. Teams really do connect with their fans best when they mirror and match the culture of that city. Well, what's Winnipeg? It's not a high, flashy, you know, you know kind of... City like that, you don't see you don't see Ferraris driving around all over the place. This isn't that kind of market. This is very much a pickup truck, you know, blue collar, go to work, grab your lunch pail kind of market. And and that can work, right? Like the Philadelphia Flyers at their best were the Broad Street Bullies. And the history of that team is that they literally wanted to build a team that mirrored the people who lived in the city of Philly. A really grungy, gritty Scrappy city, and they went and built that team, and that city fell in love with that team to the point that it created this broad street bullies culture. The Boston Bruins, the big bad Bruins are another example of a team going out and actively trying to make its team and its players look like the people who live in that city. And it's and it works, right? And I think Kevin Cheveldeoff touched on it today. And he touched on the idea of Winnipeg being a hardworking city with hardworking fans. And I would argue that over the years, there's probably not been a player that fit or matched what the people of Winnipeg look like and how they approach their daily lives better than Adam Lowry. And so that's why I asked that question about the idea of Adam Lowry drafted by this team, came up through this team. One thing I think makes him really different, Ken, is unlike a player like Mark Shifley or Josh Morrissey or Kyle Connor, who basically at some time in their deals cashed out a big long-term deal to stay in Winnipeg, the, the difference with Adam Lowry is that Adam Lowry is the guy who was that close to going to the market as a free agent, right, Ken? Right, and Remember and a guy pop up show with Elliot, and a guy that other GMs were going crazy for, salivating at the idea that they could get their hands on him, and Adam Lowry, who did not have far to go to be in a position where he could listen to what every GM around the league thought of him and see the big offers come in, he he forwent that. And he decided he wanted to stick around and lock down in Winnipeg for a price, Ken, that we thought, the both of us at the time, was maybe a million dollars a year less than what he could have gone out and got on the open market. This is a guy who's been true to this city for a long time. That played a really big role. And I do think, I, I Kevin Sheveldayoff is not always the most revealing interview. I thought He had a very revealing interview today in that basically, I I thought he was maybe more revealing than Adam was and more revealing than Rick Bonus was in the idea that he basically said, we're going in a new direction and the direction we're going in and what we want to be, Adam Lowry is the perfect version of that. And that it fits with the city of Winnipeg and that he fits with the city of Winnipeg. I really do think this is an effort not just to put the right guy in place, but find a guy who connects best with the city of Winnipeg and its fans. And if we look at it from that perspective, I do actually think it makes more sense than Josh Morrissey.
0: Uh, Yeah, I mean, Sean, I've been thinking about this a lot this morning. This is uh, very reminiscent to me of Chris King being named captain of the Jets, right? So the Jets had had a bunch of flashier captains, you know, Howard Chuck at times, Kachuk, uh, other guys like that. But Chris King was like the blue-collar kind of person and workmanlike player. And I, I think that, uh, I mean, yeah, I mean, I think that Adam Lowry, probably with all due respect to Chris King, who we both, uh, you know, like a lot as a person and you know appreciated what he did as a player i mean adam plays a larger role than chris king did but in terms of their love of the city and blue collar work ethic and all of those things uh i think it was uh it's an important uh, parallel there too as well um so i mean i think it's a smart choice
2: i think so too um
0: sorry uh We're trying. Adam's having trouble connecting here. So, um, oh, is he just give me? uh, I'm going to pop out just for one second and see if we can get that. No problem. Do do you have? Do
2: you? They've got the invite, they've got everything. They have the link, yeah, but it's he's having trouble getting on. You hop out. I'm going to talk a little bit about uh, Mark Shifley. Um, I don't know who out there follows me on Twitter or who would have seen the conversation or the thread that I had in that. I do think that this is a very definitive ending um to to like not not maybe definitive isn't the right word because it's not ending right at this moment but i do think that there was any idea that mark shifley was going to be that guy who spent his entire life as a winnipeg jet player um and that there were going to be building statues of him outside the building right beside uh right beside dale howerchuk i think that this pretty much signifies the end of this now if you go back and look at the time that Blake Wheeler was named the captain of the Winnipeg Jets. I thought it was a foregone conclusion to the point that I tweeted at the time. If Blake Wheeler wasn't named the captain of the Winnipeg Jets, I I thought that that would have been a sign that something was wrong uh, with his relationship with the Jets. Um, Blake Wheeler was just such a large personality that I couldn't – I mean, we saw it last season. He was stripped of the sea and that yet by the end of the year, the players were essentially saying, well, he's still the captain. He was this large figure within the room. And knowing that I would have thought if he wasn't named the captain back in, uh, you know, the days that he was named captain, that would have stood out to me as there being an issue. And I don't know that Blake would have been okay with that behind the scenes. He was just, you know, sucks up too much oxygen in a room. Um, I do remember, though, at the time that there was a conversation about maybe it should be Mark Shifley. He was up and coming. He was on his path to being the Winnipeg Jets' best player if he wasn't already there. Um, And the idea of naming him a captain, I think the idea was that if you make Mark Shifley a younger captain of the Winnipeg Jets, that you kind of lock in that relationship between the two, uh, and me- maybe it means that much more to the player. So I'm thinking of guys like Jonathan Taves, who was named really young, Sidney Crosby, uh, Gabriel Landeskog. Now it wouldn't have been that young uh, of of a lock in, but I still stand by the idea that if Mark Scheifele had been named the captain of the Winnipeg Jets and what happens with the team would have take, gone to a different level and a higher level than what we saw in the past here. Um, so I think if you look back retroactively, there was a feeling that, okay, Blake is going to be the captain for now, but when he's done, Mark Shifley will be the next captain of the Winnipeg Jets. That clearly didn't happen, and we know that happened here today. I just think that once you've locked into that mindset, as a player, and I think once you know that as a player, the fans have thought that over the years, I I, I think, Ken, that—and and I don't think I'm going out on a limb by saying this. We know that there's been conversations in the offseason. A lot of people expected Mark Shifley to have been moved by now. Uh, there's some conversation that maybe he'll re-up with the team and could be around next year. I think, Ken, this news today really makes it that much more unlikely that Mark Shifley is back— With the Winnipeg Jets next season, Uh, I just don't think that he's the kind of player who would have been kind of playing the second fiddle. This was a guy we talked about assuming a huge, huge place, like basically on the Mount Rushmore of the Winnipeg Jets. And I think, you know, being pretty much taken out of the captaincy conversation, which I, you know, we're having this conversation. I'm not saying it was like this in the organization that it was Josh or Adam, Uh, but I do think that it was just Josh or Adam. I don't think uh, Mark Shifley was a a huge part of the conversation. I think that says something about his future here.
0: Yeah, I mean, it's certainly... uh, uh, Sorry, uh, one more... Sorry, one more technical difficulty I need to take care of, and I'll be right back on that, but I'll... uh, Sorry, what I think is that... I think that they're not mutually exclusive, the two things that you mentioned. I'm not saying that it's not going to be the case. Uh, I just think that... It would be impossible for the organization to give the captaincy to someone who is entering the last year of his contract without uh, having the ability um, to be under contract beyond the season I mean Josh has five more years Adam has three and, and Mark has one and you know I don't think that they're very far down the road uh, in terms of you know Kevin Cheveldayoff didn't want to get into it but uh, I don't think they're very far down the road when it comes to potential contract extension talk. So you, you weren't going to have the potential of a, a not even a one-year captain. I mean, if, if the Jets choose to move Mark Shifley at the deadline, you're trading your captain who was only the captain for four or five months. I mean, that, that just doesn't make any sense. So I don't think the door is closed on Mark Shifley, um, but I do think that obviously what you're saying, I mean, I mean it, it shows, um, but I, I would also argue too that the fact that he's remaining in the leadership group still shows that he's important to the organization. So uh, I don't think it necessarily uh, is a, a fait accompli that he's going to be gone, but I mean, I certainly think it would probably be tracking that way. Okay, okay, so sure. Good news. Good yeah. news. here.
2: I'm not sure if it was, uh, I just sent Scott a new link. I think, <laughs> there I you think go. it's the technical problem. <laughs> As usual, you're cleaning, your mess, eh, As do, usual so you're cleaning up the mess. Sean. As usual, you're
0: cleaning up the mess.
2: That's what we do around here. But uh, I got to say, uh, he was in the green room. He's popped out just for a bit here once he's going to get back. Looks like we've got him. But welcoming him for the second time to the show. The last time we got to talk to you, Adam, on this show, you had just locked down uh, to, to, to some of our surprise, I mean, we, we were talking about it on the show before you hopped on here. You had an opportunity. You weren't far away from being able to go to unrestricted free agency. You chose Winnipeg, maybe more so than any player in the 2.0 version of the Winnipeg Jets. You chose to be here, and now it's culminated into what's happened here Maybe not today. You knew about this on Saturday. But I want you to just kind of take a look at the journey you've gone on over the years. Why you decided to stay with Winnipeg. Why you think you fit and mesh so well here. And why you find yourself.
1: Well, yeah, no, first of all, um, oh, I, I, I think the whole Winnipeg thing is you know, I, have been very lucky to be able to play for one organization for so long. And sorry about the delay. There was a little technical <laughs> difficulty, but um, we'll blame
2: it on Ken. That's what we do on. <laughs> I accept.
1: So, like, and, you know, growing up around the game and, uh, following my, my dad around in his NHL career, we, we were never lucky enough to stay in a place for more than five years until, um, he finished his career in Calgary and we ended up, settling there and you know uh, we got to put our roots down there but you know you you don't see a lot of guys especially like third fourth line guys having the opportunity to to stay in a a place and get to know a community get to know a city and you know Winnipeg was the team that drafted me they were the team that gave me the opportunity and um, yeah it was certainly enticing to have the opportunity to go to free agency at the same time but you know, it's a place where I've grown up, I've, you know, matured through the organization. I've, um, you know, come to love Winnipeg. It's, it's close to Calgary. Um, You know, I I love playing in a Canadian city. I love playing in the Canadian market and um, the opportunity was too good to pass up, uh, you know, to have a chance to stay for another five years. was, you know, something that I was extremely grateful for. I was looking forward to and Yeah, now culminating in today and getting the opportunity to captain the team that, you know, I've kind of grown up and come through the ranks. It's, it's something really special. It's something not a lot of people can say has happened. It's not something that, you know, a lot of people have the opportunity to to do. So, um, yeah, I'm really looking forward to, uh, leading this team and continuing to lead with Josh and Mark and, um, just continuing to make strides as an organization and, you know, hopefully we, we can bring the Stanley Cup back to Winnipeg.
0: Adam, I, I love how you talked about sort of being groomed for this moment. Uh, what makes a good leader and, and what are some of the experiences that kind of molded your leadership style?
1: Um, well I, I, you know I think everyone kind of has different leadership styles and you know everyone can lead in different ways and you know it takes different types of leadership you sometimes you have the strong. Silent types. Sometimes you have guys that are a little more outgoing, you know, a little more comfortable speaking, and you know, I think that's what makes our room so great. Is you know, we have guys that can do both. We have guys that you know are comfortable just putting their heads down and, and putting in the work, and you, you see kind of that work ethic, and it's contagious. And you have guys that are are willing to have the tough conversations, and you know, I, I, I'm going to try and you know find a nice balance. I think you know, I like I said earlier. You, we're going to do this collectively, you know, just because I'm the captain now doesn't mean, you know, other people's voices are are less valued or or less important. I think, you know, it's important to to realize when you might not have the best answers, you might not be the right guy for for certain conversations or for certain things and that's where, you know, having a great support staff, um, you know, strong leadership throughout the room is is going to be critical. So you know, I, I'm really looking forward to, like I said earlier, working with Josh, working, continuing to work with Mark and, you know, the other guys and continuing to make big strides with our organization. Um, you know, last year with the coaching changes, there there was some changes to the style of play and, you know, we got off to a really good start. And, you know, unfortunately we weren't able to keep it up throughout, you know, the rest of the season and, you know, kind of finding that consistency on a game to game basis so that You know, when we get to the playoffs, we can do some damage. And, you know, we're not all frustrated after a a tough first round exit.
2: Adam, I'm just assuming that you are a consistent watcher of Kenny and Rennie. Every show, I'm sure you don't miss them. Um, So you're probably going to know that over the conversation that we had last year, there was a real belief between myself and Ken and a lot of our audience that you really were the guy that at the end of the season, when the chips were on the table, you really stepped up to drag that team over the playoff line and get them into the playoffs. I said before you hopped on here, I think that moment that you fought Reeves after that really, really heated game may have been the moment that you secured yourself as the captain of this team and that your performance in the playoffs was a big apple-sized cherry on the cake afterwards, just in everything that you've done here. But I want to ask you, what do you think – Came over you, or was there a philosophy that you went into towards the end of the season that kind of allowed you to play the hockey that you did down the stretch that had such an, a huge effect on your team? Yeah,
1: well, you know what I think I had, I kind of struggled for a couple months in the in the goal drought for sure. And you know it's it's one of those things where you know sometimes even guys that aren't expected to produce uh you know it starts to weigh on you. And you know, I, I think I let it affect my game more than i would have liked and you know once that kind of broke down and you know I, I think you know getting to play with nino getting to play with mason morgan or you know vladdy kind of those guys we, we started to develop the chemistry and you know it's it, it, it's so much fun to play meaningful hockey it's so much fun to play games that matter so much and um the, the intensity near the end of the season in those games is ramped up the importance of every shift of every goal. And, you know, I, I think that's where, you know, guys like Nino, guys like Mason, guys like Morgan, um, you know, we're, we're not the flashiest players. We kind of get it done by, you know, ground and pound. We're running the ball if, uh, if you will. Um, so it, anytime those games kind of get, into those slug is when we can kind of, you know, shine. And we were able to get some puck luck. We were able to, you know, create some chances, create some momentum for, for our team. And I think, you know, we were able to string that together. And, you know, confidence is a crazy thing once we, we started rolling where we really, you know, felt like every night we were going to have a chance to chip in. And, you know, some nights it was a couple goals. You know, some nights it was just some good shifts to get, you know, the momentum going back in the right way and, you know, before Casey or Shife would score a big goal, so um, yeah, coming down the stretch, I thought I I played some of my best hockey and, you know, it's going to be important that, you know, that consistency is there you know, not just for 40 or 50 games but, you know, try and get them for all 82, so um, you can put yourself in the best position possible, you know, uh, qualifying for the Stanley Cup playoffs and as you know, anything can happen once you're in.
0: Adam, I know you referenced Blake Wheeler and uh, Andrew Ladd, obviously, but you also talked about Jason Jaffrey, a guy who I covered for a long time uh, on his way up with the Manitoba Moose and then later with the St. John's Icecaps. Uh, I know he uh, had the Western League roots with you also and you know, played for the same organization, I believe, for some time. But what kind of impact did he have on you in St. John's during that uh, year as a rookie pro?
1: Yeah, he was he was certainly impactful. I think about him and Andrew Gordon um, and even Benny uh, You know, Benny was just a year older and you know, he was the guy that was dragging me into the gym, making sure, you know, I, I was not just doing the team workouts, you know, I had a pretty wiry frame, and I needed to to put some muscle on, and, you know, if I wanted to kind of play the style of game i play, I needed to, you know, get stronger, and, you know, that work ethic, but then watching Jason, just how he'd interact with, you know, us young kids, and he'd have us over for dinner, and, you know, like I mentioned earlier, our our cooking skills and my eating habits were uh, pretty limited back then. So, you know, anytime you would have the opportunity to have a home cooked meal and you know a quality cooked meal, it uh, was something that you couldn't pass up on. But the the way he would treat you know everyone in the organization with the respect, he had time day for everyone. You know, whether it was a fan, whether it was a uh, someone working in the rink, you know, someone on the staff or you know young guys he, he made you feel like you were a part of the team he made you feel like your impact and your voice would be heard and you know i and then at the same time he i got to see just how hard he would work just you know all the little details of how he would take care of his body you know after practice the workout um the workouts he would do showing up early you know and then i got to room with him on the road and you know, sometimes you could sit on your phone or you were watching a few episodes and before you know it, it's 1am and Jaff was lights out at like 9.30, 10. And I remember thinking at the time, like, this is crazy. Like, oh, why is he going to bed so early? And now it's like, I'm begging for that much sleep. And, you know, it kind of got me into a, you know, a proper bedtime routine and, and things like that. Just the preparation the night before games. I, I can't say enough good things about, you know, what he meant for the Jets organization. And, you know, it's one of those things where we were off in St. John's, so you wouldn't really see kind of the impact that he was having. But, you know, he was grooming a lot of us to have successful pro
2: careers. Adam, it seemed to me today um, Kevin Dayoff was using a lot of language that sounded like <clears throat> he's looking forward to a new beginning. I don't know if you picked up on that. It seemed like that to me. You talked about setting a standard. <clears throat> what role do you think you have to play in creating that new dire- new direction, new beginning that, that, if I'm getting it right, Kevin Sheveldayoff is talking about?
1: Yeah, you know, I, the way I see it, I think, you know, along with the other guys in the room is we want to create a standard and we want to continue striving for that standard and, you know, our, our purpose and our goal, um, you know, I don't know if necessarily we're ushering in a new era. I think there there was a lot of big change this summer. Um, obviously with Blake leaving the organization and the amount of, you know, positive impact he's had not only on our team, but in the community and then trading Doobie. there. There's just a, been a lot of change. I think, you know, sometimes with the change, it feels like things there's a new beginning or there's a chance for things to kind of go in a different direction and you know we're we're not going to try and reinvent the wheel we're going to try and take the positive pieces we have you know the strong leaders we have in the room and just take another step forward as an organization I think that's where our purpose that's where you know we come in is ushering in kind of that standard that we expect not only from our best players but You know, from guys playing their first NHL game, from guys that are up and down, from guys in the Moose organization, and, you know, kind of having that standard and sticking to that standard, whether you play 25 minutes a night or whether you play five minutes a night. And, you know, I think in terms of his messaging, that's more what I get out of it is, you know, there's a certain expectation we have for players on the Winnipeg Jets, and, you know, we're going to make sure we try and stick to them.
0: Adam, I know it's been an emotional few days. Uh, you know, looking ahead to the calendar, sort of a uh, timing is everything kind of thing. Uh, what's going to be like to be wearing that C in your hometown for the season opener this year? I know, yes, of course, you'll wear it during preseason and everything else, but uh, what's what's that opportunity going to be like? And you know, also too, maybe just before you get into that tie-in, what 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 are the emotions been like since you heard the news from Rick on Saturday?
1: Yeah. You know, I, I, I hadn't even really given it much thought that, that we were starting in Calgary. Um, you know, I, I, I was more thinking about the first time we got to wear it in front of all the fans and kind of being introduced you know, that that's going to be a special feeling, but to, to get to where it, um, where I, I grew up and I spent a lot of time and, you know, I, we still spend our summers out in Calgary. It's going to be special. I'll be able to have some of my friends there. And, um, you know, some family and and things like that. So, you know, it, uh, it's kind of giving me chills thinking about it. It's something I'm really looking forward to. And, you know, before that even kind of gets going, I'm, I'm looking forward to training camp. You know, there's motivation for a lot of us to, you know, take another step forward. And, um, and then in the last couple of days, it's, uh, it's been, uh, it's been really special. I think, coming home uh you know after the meeting with bones and knowing that i was going to be named the captain and getting the opportunity to be able to share that with laura and um you know she's been tremendous throughout my career and you know the the amount of support she provides and she's going to continue to provide and um and then getting to share it with my my parents obviously it would have been great to tell them in person or things like that but getting to share it over facetime and see their reactions i i spoke to my nana briefly before uh you know the the press conference and just to hear her light up through the phone and and things like that i think that's kind of the this thing that makes it the most special is you you see the people around you that love you and support you and how proud they are for you and how happy they are for you and um yeah you know it's it's been a great
2: couple of days We're going to end it there because I can't imagine a more perfect quote than that. That's really good stuff. Adam, usually it's Scott Billick, is the only one who does uh, in car interviews on this show. Makes sense since you two are (laughs) right outside the flower shop, actually. (laughs) You Uh, two, since you and Scott, you and Scotty are the co presidents of the Sandstorm fan club. uh, Although I think you've elevated it to a new level, having it as your goal song. Um, Adam, I just wanted to say this as always, it means a ton to us that you. Show. Uh, and I just want to say, from me, and I'm sure Ken wants to say the same thing, just a personal congratulations. I have always felt nothing but respect from you uh, and been treated well. Every interaction I've had with you, you've been a pleasure to cover. We were so happy. That we got to see that continue when you re-upped with the jets and seeing this moment and knowing now we get to talk to you that much more as the captain i can't wait to the moment when you're absolutely sick of us and finally show that little bit of anger that you show to the ryan reeves of the world and maybe rough us up in the scrum a little bit more often than you have in the past i might call uncle once
0: (laughs) (laughs) that's allowed thanks for your time adam Uh, yeah well well done well deserved and uh, yeah, we'll look forward to talking to you as uh, things get rolling here. But thanks for taking some time on what we know is a very busy day for you. Cheers.
1: Yeah, thanks for having me, and thanks for the kind
2: words, Sean. Yeah, no problem. See you in camp. Um, great stuff. Uh, how about that? A second time on the show, uh, that's, I mean, in the biggest moments in Adam Lowry's career, he's finished up with his press duties and then hopped on Kenny and Rennie. So um, I, 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 I'll be honest, Ken, I hate the term friend of the show when people use friend of the show but boy oh boy if Adam Lowry isn't a friend of Kenny and Rennie the Kenny and Rennie podcast I don't know who is um let's get back and close out that conversation we don't have much time we've actually got two minutes and 30 seconds because i don't want to trample on wst just give me your thoughts quickly on what this decision means for mark shifley uh and then we got to get out of here because uh i want to show that respect to us on the way out
0: yeah of course uh yeah i mean like i was saying a little bit earlier before uh, trying to sort out their classic technical difficulties i I do think that uh you know it's an interesting spot for mark but uh, I think that even with all of the talk, I mean, again, I think this is all, it's interesting because of the Howard Chuck connection and everything else. Yes, naturally, some people thought he would be the next captain. And, um, you know, if, he, if, his, if his deal was five years long or if things hadn't, you know, gone however they have the last while. I mean, I just do think that um, Mark is perfect is is better in a support role uh that's how I'm going to say it in this situation uh that's not a knock on him or his leadership style I just think that uh for Mark to focus on playing the game in a year like this no matter how it works out for him whether he stays with the Jets or moves on I I just think that for him he's going to focus on hockey and then we'll go from there did you lose me? sorry am I unfrozen
2: okay i don't sorry what if it's me who's out or ken is out but we gotta wrap this up regardless ken's gonna have a lot more time uh going forward i'm sure to share his um his thoughts on this going forward but